0: to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yance. This is episode 23. I'm going to be talking about movies such as American Utopia, which I just saw. Spider-Man 3. I'm going to talk a little bit about The Last Dance on Netflix. I'm going to talk about some of the books that I'm reading. And we'll do a little politics. And then I'm going to give you an inspirational quote. And we'll end there. So. Stay tuned. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on. I gave you that interview with Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm hoping to get more interviews, hopefully once, one a week. Uh, The plan is to do the regular show on Sunday I'm going to have the wrestling show on Wednesday, and hopefully, probably Friday, will be the interview. So that's kind of how I'm going to go about it. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm trying to think of different ways to make this uh, different. And with that, I have something that I'm monitoring at this time. So yeah, we're going to have more interviews coming up. So let's talk about some of the books that I've been reading. I've been reading the book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This is an interesting book. It's been all around for many, many, many years. Many entrepreneurs have read this book, and it's really not so much a, a business book as more of a life uh, teaching book, it teaches you lessons you can learn in life. So you could uh, apply those to business, but you could also apply them to other areas of your life. So it's it's an interesting book. I recommend you read it. It might be a little long for some, but it's, it's an interesting book. I, I'm enjoying it. I haven't finished it yet, but I think it has a lot of things that people could take from it, even if you're not in business per se. You could also... Take some of these skills and put them to—I don't know—perhaps your job, perhaps the way you live, the way you see things. It—it's it, more about clarity over the things. If you've read any entrepreneurial entrepreneurial book, or any um, health book, or any book on the mind, such as Great Braden's Wisdom, or you know Joe uh, Dispenza's books. You'll see a lot of similarities in this book. Uh, The other book I'm reading right now is Things a Little Bird Told Me by Biz Stone. And this is the man who invented Twitter. And it talks about how he went from Google to Twitter. And it's a really interesting story. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm really enjoying it. And I think you'll like it. So that's the books. Now I'm going to skip around a little bit. Let's talk about the last Dance. This is—it's uh, basically a culmination of uh, Michael Jordan's last year with the Bulls, and the tumultuous year they had of 1997 to 1998, and that was frustrating for Michael Jordan because they felt they had a winning team, and the management wanted to prepare for the future. So you had these two budding heads colliding. You had Jerry Krause who kind of wanted to get rid of the old team and bring in new blood. He wanted to get rid of Phil Jackson. And so you've got that aspect and then they go back to like 1984 when like uh, Michael Jordan just joined the team and they show 1989 then like putting it together and then Phil Jackson coming in and right now I'm at 1991 and they're kind of going like it starts at 98 and then it goes back and then it's like moving forward from that way so it's back and forward but you get uh, michael jordan's um expertise on the matters and i really think this is an interesting documentary i waited while it was on espn but i wanted to see it on netflix because i hate commercials so i would be able to see it with um commercial free So I highly recommend you watch this program. It's 10 episodes and it just really puts you there and you really understand where Michael Jordan was coming from in the team. It's frustrating because to me, I think they could have probably had 10 wins, maybe eight. I mean, Michael Jordan says in this that it bothers him that he didn't get seven. So if you like basketball or you just like a good documentary, of a story between power struggles, this is it. So, I recommend The Last Dance. And I will be back with American Utopia. Okay, let's talk about American Utopia by David Byrne of Talking Heads. Now, this was a show that came on in Broadway of I believe this year, but unfortunately it kind of got sidetracked but they recorded it uh Spike Lee directed this he um he recorded this so that you can you can now watch the stage version at home and it was on hBO and it was really interesting because they took all these um it's very much of a barren stage that the uh the actors are holding the instruments you you there's nothing really else there other than what you need. It's really interesting how they did it with lights and, and things and the, the blue suits and they're not wearing shoes and they just really, you know, tell this story of um, from life. It's basically a story of life, if I could put it into terms. And they take songs like... Um, once in a lifetime um, um uh, wow the uh, songs are all escaping me as usual i can't think about it uh burning down the house is on there um let's see what what's the uh the other song um psycho killers not on there i didn't hear that uh road to nowhere ends the show um what else? There's the song, um, yeah. This must be the place, and that is uh, you may remember that from the film Wall Street. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was nice to see this. Um, it's beautifully shot. It really is. Like you, you get these top-down shots. You get these shots on the side. You get. Proscenium shots. It, it, Spike Lee really knew what he was doing. Um, they honor uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, it's really, it's it's really good. I I, I really enjoy it. I need to see it again, to go more in depth on it. But I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm a big fan of the talking of Talking Heads. So I I liked I like all the music. But seeing them put it all together in this nice little package and and have these have all the actors um holding instruments or i guess you could say the chorus <laughs> holding the intru- the um the instruments and they walk around and it's uh, beautifully set and and very meticulous you can tell they didn't just you know go out there and do do this they planned this out it works wonderfully. There's that word again, wonderful. Um, my favorite probably was Once in a Lifetime. I really like the way they staged that and played it and just the harmony coming from the, uh, the chorus as well as David Byrne, who just um, really, he introduces all the songs and he's telling this story of um, I guess from birth to death in some ways, and and all the things that are going on. He would probably explain it better than I could, but I felt it really... um, It encapsulated something that we don't have right now. We don't have theater right now, so seeing theater on... um, filmed... Is, is nice, uh, for the soul. It it, it it brings back those um memories of what it was like to sit in a theater and, and watch performers perform. Um we don't really have concerts anymore. We don't have plays. Um we're barely getting films out. It this is a s um an unfortunate side effect of what has happened with um the culture. We have to be um We have to be protective because um, at this time, COVID hadn't happened yet. So you've got all these people, you know, standing right next to each other. It's kind of weird to see that and touching things, you know, (laughs) and being right next to each other. I mean, we don't, it it was kind of a breath of fresh air because you're seeing all these, uh, this this stage show and and all these, these songs and it's, and it also talks about something I think where we need to be at this culture of how we need to really be looking at ourselves and and viewing one another and, and peace and and happiness in it and it's such a joyful production and I think that's a a great title for it american utopia it says it all where you where it needs to be um so, I saw another movie. Unfortunately, it's not as good, but it has its moments. I had to watch uh, Spider-Man 3. Yes, I know. Sam Raimi's last film of the Spider-Man trilogy with uh Tobey Maguire, um Bryce Dallas Howard, Kirsten Dunst, and uh um yeah, you know, Thomas Hayden Church, and Topher Grace. Now, this film starts off well. I thought they had a great premise on the way they were telling the story, but then it just kind of dissolves. 86 minutes in, I started to feel that the trajectory of the film changed. I liked the idea of bringing in the black-suited the black Spider-Man, the black-symbiote Spider-Man. That that's always a great story to tell. But then they try to shoehorn Venom in there. I don't feel that needed to happen. You could have just teased Venom and had him in the next one. Shoving him in there was just too much. Plus, they had set up the whole thing with Harry Osborn being really the, the the foe. He's the real foe of um, of Peter Parker here. Because he's trying to save his friend and his friend wants nothing to do with him because he thinks he killed his father. And that needed to be the arc. You didn't need to put in, um, introduce Eddie Brock, but don't interview introduce um, Venom yet. I think if they kept Venom out, this would have been an okay film. Um, Tom St. Church, who plays the Sandman, um, did a wonderful job of of really having all this guilt and being this uh, character who who feels bad for what he's done, and that's kind of what you see with all the all the Sam Raimi characters. Is they're not just these villains for the sake of villains. They're villains that were created by circumstance. You look at uh, you look at um, Norman Osborn. He's trying to save his company. That's why he becomes this. Uh, Doc Ock, um, Otto Octavius, becomes this because he's trying to to control fusion, energy, and becomes a monster from it. And then here, you have um, the Sandman who accidentally killed um, Peter Parker's um, Uncle Ben. So, you've got all these tragic characters. That's the word I'm looking for. Tragic. Characters. That is what it was. And then you put in Venom here, who's not a tragic character. He's just somebody who wants revenge. He doesn't fit here. He, you could have told a much better story with Venom in the next one. Shoehorning him in there just wasn't there. And then they have the, this is probably the most character development uh, Mary Jane Watson, Kirsten Dunce's character, has in it. As she's struggling with being an actress and and failing and not, not really achieving the success she thought she would have because they don't think she's any good. So she's got all this bent up thing and, and Peter wants to propose to her. So you have all these great elements. You don't need the Eddie Brock storyline yet. You can bring Eddie Brock in there and you can introduce him and have him humiliated by Spider-Man because Spider-Man, when he gets the black suit, it changes his personality. He just he's now willing to take life and you know he doesn't really care anymore. Um he's kind of you know become a, a tougher Spider-Man. He's like, you know what, I'm gonna fight fire with fire now, not just um be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So that was enough, you didn't need the thing. I know I keep saying that, but I but I feel that's the problem with this film. Otherwise, it's not bad. Um, some people don't like the amnesia with um, with Harry, but it, it plays into it. Like I said, 86 minutes in, it, it's fine. And then once it starts changing into a Venom storyline, it, it starts to fall off the... Uh, off a truck um i like the way it's shot i think he got some really good shots there um the bryce dallas howard is bringing in gwen stacy is an interesting uh, dynamic to um mary jane watson as she kind of um understands peter in a level that he doesn't understand and then they kind of just drop that storyline out of nowhere so, it's frustrating to me because it had all the makings of a, of a great film. It had what needed to be there, but then it just loses itself. Oh, I, I can't hate the film. I just feel like he was handicapped by the studio forcing him to play, to um, put in Venom. Venom just needed to be teased. Put him in the next one. Put him in the fourth one. He could have been the villain, the main villain. He could have had that tease, that end credit tease of Venom. And I don't think people would have hated this movie as much because it just fits too many things in. It had the unfortunate uh, problem of having too many villains in the film. So therefore, it just doesn't work. Um, But that's about all I have to say about Spider-Man 3. American Utopia, great film. Go see it. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, moving on to politics and what else can I say about what I'm about to say. Okay, let's talk a little bit about politics. Um, Unfortunately, not a lot of good things happened here. As I said, I don't really want to be... um, This is not a partisan podcast. I am not going to be on one side or the other. This is not a democratic... um, This is not a democrat podcast, and this is not a republican podcast. So... I'm going to say one thing I didn't like about both parties. Um, with Biden, we got some rumors of who his cabinet is. And I got to be honest with you, I think it's the wrong direction because it's once again neo corporatist. And I don't think that's what's needed at this time in the country. The country really wants change. They need an FDR, they need somebody to really lead us out of the muck. I think Biden will do a better job on COVID, though. I think he will I think that will be the thing that he will succeed at, whereas Trump did not succeed at. But th- this is unfortunate. Seeing this uh the leaked list of people in his cabinet does not um does not fill me with great joy. It makes me feel upset because I'm just kind of like this feels like it's, we're going straight back to uh, Barack Obama's policies, which led us to this situation in the first place. You would not have a Donald Trump if people did not think of the policies of the previous administration as doing well. It was a rebuke of Obama's policies, and it feels like we're going backwards. So we're going to have the Obama policies again and then four more years we're going to be straight back to where we were in 2016. I think we need to take what we learned from these situations and see what does the American people need. And I feel like the American people, the most important thing American people need is health care, lower prescription drugs. These are the things that need to happen. Education needs to be... For everyone, not just one person. So that's kind of where I stand there. Um, Let's look at, now Donald Trump gave a town hall. I saw some of the highlights and I got to be honest with you. um, It's disappointing. It's very disappointing because he doubled down once again on masks and saying that masks don't help. The one thing that has been very consistent that we have seen is that masks do help. I do not understand why he makes this the hill he'll die on. He d- doesn't need to be the hill you'll die on. It needs to be a place. W- this needs to be a place where he he see, see he got COVID himself, and still he refuses to wear the mask. The mask is mandatory. If we all wear masks, we don't have 250,000 people dead. And, And he doesn't even have to really show face, like he's probably worried about looking weak to his other opponents. He needs to just look at it and go, look, I thought masks weren't good, but now I've changed my mind and I see masks as beneficial that's all he needs to do but he still continues to double down on masks are not helpful also he continues to support like QAnon and the Proud Boys and won't just stop doing that he keeps saying that there are that they're doing good things as well because they're for this and that and it's like I don't care what their message is, their core message is <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's based in terrorism. It's based in force. It's not based in power. It's based in forcing people to think one way. And I just find that unfortunate because I think he could change a lot of his, um, his trajectory in the polls if he stopped doing these two things. Um, Chris Christie uh, came out of, uh, he was in um, critical, you know, he was in EC, ECU, is that? I, I forget the word, uh, for um, seven days. And he came out and did a 180 on masks and said, We need to wear masks. I was wrong. I should have I looked at what was happening and I didn't. And he, you know, basically said, You know, he was, he was wrong. We need to wear masks. And that's what Trump needs to do. So it's not impossible for these things to happen. It's just, they need to happen. So, I don't know. It's just, um, it's very unfortunate to me that these things um, happened. So, now let me end with an inspirational quote. And this inspirational quote comes from Winston Church Hill. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. I'm going to say that once again. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Let's think about what that means. It means success. Getting to the end of the, uh, the finish line is not the be all, end all. Failure is not fatal. If you fail, it does not mean you're down and out and it's over. So what it's saying is that success is not the end game and failure is not the end game. What is the point? Is that the courage to keep going no matter what that's the real power that's what you need to have not when things fall saying up oh, I failed you didn't fail keep going not oh I won now I can stop just keep going the courage to continue is the real power that's what he's really saying there. and I think that's words we can all live through. We can all live to. Because no matter where we are in life, we are going to have hard days and we're going to have good days. But the courage to continue, that's the real point. That's the real moving forward. That's the real real power. That's the real energy. Keep going. You know, you run a marathon. Maybe the goal is to get to the finish line. But the real goal, when most people run a marathon, they're not hoping to actually win. Because the chances of that are just, I don't know, they're slim. Unless you really have been doing marathons for a while and you know how to do this. But if you're just running the marathon just to run it, you're doing it. So you're doing it because you don't want to quit. You want to finish the marathon. So what's the goal? Keep going. Not to stop. And that's what this quote is really saying. You know, look at look at Rocky. Keep going. Keep going. That's that's what we need. That's what we need to remember. Failure is not the end. Success is not the end. Keep going. That's the real point. That's what we need to do. That's what we can do as a people. So, I leave you with that. And, um, I think that about does it for this episode. Let me know once again if there's anything you'd like me to cover. As always, you can reach me at my handle at justin yaunts or justin yaunts this is once again the now I've changed the name of this so it's now the DMF with justin Yant so that you can find me just by my name Um. so yes these are the things that are going on and just some of the things I've watched and these are some of my opinions so Maybe read some of those books, see American Utopia, watch The Last Dance, think about your politics, and think about that quote by Winston Churchill. I think that will help us in times of need. And so, with that, I say thank you, and I will see you next time on the DMF.